Just because someone says something doesn't make it true. So how do you know what to believe? People can say all kinds of things. It all depends on how strong the evidence is. Are you ready to examine what you believe? Let's take a look on today's episode of Possible or Reasonable. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Possible or Reasonable. I'm Jesse Fernandez. And today I wanted to share with you guys and talk about faith. And what exactly is faith? I want to share what I think is the biblical model of true faith. Now the content that I'll be sharing with with you guys is what I've learned from Jim Warner Wallace. um, Which I recommend you check out his work at CodeCaseChristianity.com You know, growing up, um, I would only hear the word faith, either at church or in a movie, you know, that was really based on religious beliefs. And I used to think that the word faith was believing in something that you can't see. You know, the idea of you just have to have faith. And if you don't have faith, you know, then you're not coming to with the right attitude or, or with the right heart. And I realized that my view of faith growing up was not entirely correct. As a Christian, I know that God is invisible, you know, and I ne- I've never seen him. You know, I've never had a physical encounter with God. And growing up, my idea of faith was believing blindly. And I had a lot of doubts, and I got frustrated many times due to my doubts and my unanswered questions. But the thing is, I never took the time to actually seek out the answers to the many doubts and questions I had. You know, every time I would hear the word faith, like I said, I would attribute it to more of a blind belief. I didn't know that there were strong reasons and evidence to support um, Christianity, to support the Christian faith, and to answer the questions and doubts that, that came my way. Well, the way that I look at the word faith now is much different than how I viewed it growing up in my kid and teenage years. The the way I remember it now is that when I I look at the word faith, I just think of the word trust. You know, faith is not believing in something blindly. Faith is trusting in what you have good reasons to believe is true. Um, Earlier this year, I came across and I read this book called So the Next Generation Will Know. It's a great book about preparing young Christians to a challenging world, and I highly recommend you guys read it. You know, it's a it's more of a um, it's more of a how to book. You know, there there's many books that are that are why books. You know, why this is true, which is awesome because it's needed. We need to know right the why this is true and why it matters. But this book is more of a hands on and more of a how to apply and how to put it into practice into our everyday lives. Now, um, reading the book, I came across some portions that really caught my attention. And I wrote it down on my notes app on my iPhone. And I wanted to share with you guys because it really got me thinking. You know, one portion of the book uh, said this, and this is what it, um, this is what it said. Millions of young Christians have heard their share of Bible-based sermons, but have no idea how to live out their faith outside the walls of church. 
it might be safe to say that a massive fracture exists between their beliefs and their daily living. In other words, you know, whenever you go to church, whether you go to church on Sunday, whether you go to church on Wednesday, Tuesday, Friday, whatever, whatever days you go to church, it seems that, you know, we go to church and we hear the sermons. What a great sermon, great points, great, um, great study. But man, once, you know, once I leave church, once I um, walk out the doors and I leave the walls of church, man, it is hard to live out my faith. I have no idea how to live out my faith in, in, in where I work or where I go to school or, you know, where I attend this, um, you know, uh, program. I have no idea how to live out my faith. You know, now, it, it's interesting. Why, why is that? Why is it that we have no idea how to live out our faith, you know, especially young people? Why is it that we have no idea how to live out our faith as young people? For me, I think it's because we're either scared, right, of what people might say, right, what people might think, what people might, um, how people will criticize us. So either we're scared or people are either we see that people don't see this as a popular message. So we don't want to, you know, just share this, you know, with them and we'll just, you know, um, share it with someone else or, you know, we'll just try to not share today. Right. Or we're just not prepared. And the thing is, we sometimes place certain things in our lives, you know, into the category of we know this is true, right? Like, oh, I know the sun's going to rise up the next morning, right? Like, oh, I know that this is going to happen or I know that this is going to happen. We, there's many things in our lives that we place into the category of we know that this is true. And I have a feeling that many Christians place their faith in God under the category of wishful thinking or of a blind belief. But you know what's, what's interesting? In the church, we talk about our beliefs more commonly as matters of faith than matters of knowledge. Yet the word knowledge or shortened version, or shortened version such as know appears more in scripture than the word faith. Biblically speaking, we're called to trust God with faith. But this faith, is, it's not blind. It's based on what we know to be true. I think there are good reasons to believe in God, to believe in Jesus, uh, to believe in the trustworthiness of the scripture. Things that we can actually know and hold on to rather than to believe something and not ask questions or believe it blindly. Now you might think, Jesse, you know, you haven't, you, you, what, did you forget about Hebrews chapter 11, you know, verse 1? Because if you read that verse, that's where the true definition of faith comes into play. That's, that's the true definition of faith. And, well, I didn't forget about that verse. I'm actually going to read it right now. And we're going to really break down what that verse is really talking about. So in Hebrews um, chapter 11, verse 1... This is what it says. This is what the author writes. He says, or, we, or the author writes, Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now reading this, you might think, you see, Jesse? True faith is to hope for things without any evidence. To do this blindly. 
right? The evidence of things not seen. The conviction of things not seen. So does this does this mean that the evidence doesn't matter? That true faith must be something that we don't see? That we're supposed to just quote-unquote believe, right? Don't ask questions, just believe? Well, it's always important when reading the scripture that we stay in the context and that we always draw the conclusion from the text rather than put our own ideas into the text and have it say what we want it to say. So, what is the author of the book of Hebrews trying to tell us? What is the author trying to tell us? Well, it's interesting um, because it says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then it says in verse 2, For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Well, if you keep on reading in, 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 um, in, in this chapter, chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews, you're going to come across um, in verse 23, it's going to be talking about Moses. And, and, and it's going to be talking about the faith that Moses had. And I'm going to continue on in verse 23 of Hebrews chapter 11. It says this, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents, because they saw he was a beautiful child, and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, were choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Verse 27, By faith he, Moses, forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him, God, who is invisible. Now, how does that work? It says that Moses forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, and it says that Moses endured as seeing him, he's, he endured as seeing God who is invisible. So G Moses is seeing God who by his very nature is unseen, is invisible. How does that work? How does Moses endure and see God who is invisible? We can't see God, right? How does Moses do it? How do you do that? And I love what Jim Warner Wallace said and how he explained this. You know, we are to trust what what can't be seen on the basis of what we've already seen. We're to trust what can't be seen on the basis of what, of what we've already seen. Numerous times in Deuteronomy, in Exodus, in Leviticus, God told the people of Israel and he told Moses that they were to remember what he did for them and how he delivered them from the land of Egypt. You know, God would say, remember what the Lord your God did for you. Remember how he delivered you with his mighty hand. You know, God would say, I am the Lord your God. I delivered you. I took you out of that bondage. God would tell them that. So we see here, God is asking the people of Israel. He's asking Moses. He's asking them to recall what he did for them in the land of Egypt. God is asking them to return to what they saw. So they can have confidence to take the next step of trust towards him. You see, this trust was built on what they saw on what, and what they knew was true. 
they were to have faith in God's unseen presence on what he's already showed them evidentially with signs and with plagues. Because the people of Israel remembered the plagues. They remembered the signs. They remembered the Red Sea being split into two. They remembered all these um, wonders and signs that God showed them. They saw this with their own eyes. So we see here God is calling them to return to what they saw evidentially and to trust God whom by his very nature is unseen, right? And so this is not a blind faith. This is a faith that's, that's grounded on good reasons, on good evidence to trust in God, right? It's, so our faith is not blind. It's based on what we know to be true. And in this case, the people of Israel, they had good reasons, good, good, um, good evidence in trusting God, right? Because God's call, telling them to, to return to what they saw, to, to what they know was true. Now, if 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 you if you if you say, well, you know, true faith, you know, you're not supposed to see it. You're not, you know, it's supposed to be evidence of, of things not seen. Well, then why did God tell them to remember this? Why did God remind them, hey, remember what I did for you? Remember the sign. Remember how I delivered you. Remember, you know, what you saw evidentially. If it's true faith, why why would God tell them to remember it? But. But that's the thing. I don't see the idea of, of faith being blind in Scripture. I think a faith of, you know, trusting what you have good reasons to believe is true. You know, I think even Jesus displayed this in the New Testament. You know, Jesus said, believe me that I am in the Father or the Father in me, or else believe the sakes of the works themselves. In other words, Jesus would say, you know, believe me that I'm in the Father and the Father in me, that we're one. But if you don't believe what I'm telling you, you can't deny the miracles that I did right in front of you, right? The works that I did right in front of you, you can't deny that, right? And so I think that confidence is directly related to our ability to understand and to grasp something. I like how Jim Wallace broke it down in when he said, um, in that it's true that God is spirit and that, and that he cannot be seen. But it's not true that there's no evidence to support his existence. God is unseen, but this does not mean that there's no evidence to support the existence of the unseen God. For example, if I throw a rock into a pond, and let's say you didn't see me throw it, the moment you turn your head towards the water and you see the little waves coming from the center, not only can you tell that something was dropped into the water, but you can tell where it was dropped in the water, even though you didn't see me throw it in, in the pond, into the water. And so I think that the biblical model of true faith involves examining the evidence for God's existence, for Jesus' for Jesus's existence, for who Jesus is, and, and the trustworthiness of Scripture. You know, our faith, our trust in God is not blind it's not unreasonable, but it's it, it's grounded on the good reasons, on the good evidence to believe that this is true. And and when it comes to that, I, I think that we you know that does bring about, you know, peace because we know that this is actually true, even on days when it might when I feel that it might not be working out for me or 
even on days when, you know, I'm not uh, receiving the benefits that I would that I would want to receive. You know, I, at the end of the day, this is objectively true, and it doesn't change on the basis of how I'm feeling, but it's it's true no matter what. And I love it because truth reminds us of what's really important. We all know that truth matters because we live each day as if it does matter. And so I just wanted to encourage you guys with that, that our faith is it's grounded on good reasons. It's grounded on good, ev- on good evidence. It's not blind, but it's grounded on, on the good, on the wealth of good, of good reasons and good evidence to trust in, in, in the Lord. I hope this episode encouraged you guys, and I'm just so thankful that, um, you know, that I um, that I'm able to do this uh, to share to share this content with you guys. But like I said, I recommend check out ColdCaseChristianity.com. Check out Jim Warner Wallace's work. Um, I learned this from him. The content that I shared today is from from his work and. Um, just a good brother in Christ, and I uh, just I hope you guys check out his work at coldcasechristianity.com. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of Possible or Reasonable. Um, as Paul says in, De- in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 5, you know, may God direct our hearts into his love and into the patience of Christ. God bless you guys, and have a great week.